0: Welcome to the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Join your hosts, three-time WBFF world champions and WBFF royalty, Alicia Gowans and Stephanie Ayala-McHugh as we explore all things female health, training, competing, mindset, and living the fitness life every day.
1: Welcome everybody to episode three, of the queen divas podcast with my beautiful co-host stephanie ayala mccue
0: hello hello guys
1: and we are so pumped we brought on like world. we didn't just go little we went real big with our first guest like i'm talking like lifting big heavy big big shit big and this this awesome lady i absolutely love her actually i spent some time with her overseas and she's a good friend of stephanie Carey's. but she's legit like world's strongest woman so like four time Can I correct you to real quick? Upset this this chick? She might like punch me through the screen and shit. No, nah. but I love I, I love everything about Stacy. and I'm sure all of you are gonna love her too. So Stacy Burr, head coach of Team BBS Training. She is a four-time yeah all-time world record ho- record holder. In 2019, oh my god, let me give you some context for why I say she's big. Uh, she hit a 1,435 pound Total. Are you getting that? That's almost 1,500
0: pounds of this woman. She's hey, hey, what hey. like, what the fuck? Hey, you are, though. You are, but you're not. It's weird. This
1: is, this is intense, right? Okay, so 565 pound squat, a 320 pound bench. Here I am talking about trying to hit a 77 kilo bench, press in the <laughs> Shit. And then a 550 pound deadlift. To hit the highest world score of all time. Like she literally blows my mind. (laughs) Then on top of that, what I love about her and the reason that I was like, yeah, epic. I want this chick to be our first guest is because as I said, I spent time with her and she has got one of the best minds that I've come across inside of the pursuit of um, you know physical excellence she is also though a really 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 great cool chick with a level of mental and emotional intelligence that is you know just not something that you really see when you think mega strong power lifter but this chick is really quite honestly she's the the full package so she's also a um founder and you know absolute champion on her own podcast called the champion mindset she spends time traveling pretty much all over the globe motivationally speaking um speaking about all things lifting and then just literally kicking ass in seminars and workshops about how to be the best you can be so welcome stace yes
2: Thank you guys so much for having me. I feel like I'm gonna head out after that. You sorry to say what I need to say. So
1: <laughs> she comes on, right, Steph, and I'm waiting for you Stop. to come into the waiting room. I'm like, Stas, haven't seen you forever. But then the first thing I do is I laugh because look in the background. Yeah, she's just got all these medals hanging everywhere. There's like, and that's that's like only a small percentage of what she's oh. got in the house. So she's just, she's like- It was making
0: oh, me, yeah, making days. me nervous.
1: <laughs> and on, to just add a to
0: casual that. Flex. Just a casual flex, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> just a little small one. And to add to that, you guys, I've actually met Stacey uh, for the first time when I was with uh Mitch shooting. Uh Mitch, for those of you guys who don't know who that is, it's a videographer under Gilco Productions. Um, And he introduced me to Stacey and I will say I've never had a hype high- person like Stace ever, 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 ever do <laughs> a session like she put me through. She was the best, and I mean it, motivator, high person. I mean, given she is the four times strongest woman in the world, so I can only imagine what she tells herself when she's lifting that weight. Uh, so she, just a little bit of that like that hype and that energy that she was able to bring. Uh, I, I was lifting stuff that I honestly wasn't really sure I can keep going, but to having her energy and her passion and just how humble uh she is i mean honestly drew me to her made me fall in love and that's actually about the time i believe she started the champions mindset fell in love with her podcast referred all my clients yeah. to listen into you know obviously all of her uh weekly weekly episodes and you know here we are now starting our podcast and what a better guest to start you know yeah. obviously this this I appearance with. so I thank agree. you so much for coming on stace like seriously no thank
2: you guys so much for having me and i'm really excited for you know your podcast and the growth of because you guys both are fantastic in your own accord as well. And Steph, like I remember when I first met you, I was told all about you, you know, oh, wow, she's a WBFF pro. She's like uh, absolutely untouchable, right? And so I was slightly intimidated when I first met you. I was like, okay, I was just there with Mitch, right? As, you know, support staff, right? Like you had no idea who I was or anything. But when we were training, one thing about training with Mitch and shoot videos with Mitch is he really wants you to work out. It's not just a, you know, okay, I'm going to bring a spray bottle. It's, you know, you're actually hard training Mm -hmm. and you can tell, you can tell when people actually have that passion and intensity. And I could tell by the way you were training you were really enjoying it and I was like oh we're gonna get to this next level right and so once you responded to like me kind of yelling at you a little bit I just that was that was it for me I was like this is about to be a fantastic workout video and I remember that's probably one of the best videos that I've ever seen Mitch put together just because it was so real and the intensity was so, so there you blew my mind that day so I was going home telling everybody about you I was like she was doing like split squats with
0: 135 pounds. I was like, I can't even do that. And you know what, though, when you get in that mindset, just like you said, though, like you love the passion of training. Um, and of course, with your experience and your background, you've got to love the grind. You've got to love the pain. I mean, a lot of people think lifting weight, I mean, is, especially your kind of weight is not painful, but I mean, God, it's pretty fucking painful, right? Like it really puts your body through a lot of taxing, you know, just a lot of effort and all of the things that you have to put your stress, your body under stress for, you know, just to lift a, maybe a little extra pound or. An extra kilo, you know, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you started, you know, what got you into powerlifting? What was something that, you know, really initiated and put that fire underneath you to start?
2: Well, so I've, I played college softball. So I was a college athlete and I just loved, I was, you know, team leader, everything like that. And I really just loved the competition aspect. Right. And so once I graduated from college, I was training but I didn't really have a purpose that I was training for, right? I wasn't training for athletics anymore. I wasn't training to be explosive. And I just really just found myself in the gym and I found a home there. And so I'd do whatever I felt like was what was necessary for me. I was really interested in personal training and, you know, um, kinesiology and stuff. So I'd do what I thought was right. But I had some guys that approached me. I I think I was bench pressing 185, 185 pounds whenever I was uh, just out of college and everything. And a couple of guys said, oh, well, you're pretty strong for a girl. Have you ever thought about powerlifting? And so all I heard was, oh, I'm strong for a girl. I was like, okay. I was like, you know, that stung a little bit. And I was like, well, let me go to this competition. I had no idea what I was doing, but I was like, I'm going to beat everyone there. All the guys, everything included. I I mean, close, you know, close, no cigar, but like close. But once I did my first competition, I had no idea what I was doing. But that little, you know, chip on my shoulder that I was like, oh. watch this i'm going to show you how strong i really am and then once i got on the platform and if you've never competed before have have you competed alicia
1: yeah i had my very first um powerlifting comp which you know as you know i broke my back so that was a big deal for me it was not so much about the numbers as it was just to accomplish it but now i have the bug i so okay funny story i had no idea what i was doing like you but not as strong <laughs> as you because of all of my crap i literally came third place from first place what? because of one thing that i did where i missed the call on the bench i just racked back before the call far out and that was my best lift by the way that was a 70 kilo and i've just missed it which for my very first time is pretty good i'd never benched before i had actually never benched before. Oh, that's, awesome. a competition that's bench. amazing. Yeah. so i felt pretty cool in my bench and then i was this this fucking far above my squat depth so they didn't take my last squat which okay but to put this in context too I broke my back under the squat bar so yeah. it was a really big deal for me just to get there and do this I didn't expect to. I just said to my coach if I can hit 100 kilo squat I'm happy because I wasn't really sure about my structural capacity and we did 117 and a half on on comp day so I blew my own mind awesome. on that day and that was me not even to the point of rehab, like I am now. So now I've got the bargain. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I've I got knocked from first place to third and went, this is shit. I don't want to be third. I want to be first. So, <laughs> but now I'm like back into it and trying to start grooming back up to, you know, hit some better, bigger numbers. But yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. That bug is like, ah, oh, so I, mean, and I, I
2: I love it. And then like with my clients or anybody that I care about, it's like, when you go on the platform and you compete, like my first time, You have people in there that are cheering for you, yelling your name, and they want you to complete this lift, you know? And in some worlds, like, there's, like, definitely some pettiness or cattiness or whatever. People that you know, your friends, they might not even support you, but on the powerlifting platform for nine attempts, you have everyone's attention and they want you to succeed, right? And there's just something really powerful about that. And so after my first meet, I was kind of like you, I missed a couple of commands and stuff because I had no idea what I was doing. But the good news is I bet you won't miss it
1: again. No, right? you know so what? I, that's exactly right. And that's the it. first yeah. thing I said was, I can't believe I did that because I just totally like, I literally just lost numbers. And then I was like, you know what? No, that's a good lesson. And mm-hmm. what I loved was being an amateur at something again and being like, there is was so, so much bad. to learn. And I literally have, you know, like I felt like a kindergartner. Like I really did. I felt like I was back in training wheels and dinking around with all of my crash pads shit on. Like <laughs> that's how I felt. And it's awesome. Like I have loved it. And I really, I'm not going to be able to master this for some time. It's going to take me some time. And I kind of really am getting off on that on the fact that this is something where every single time I go into the gym, I'm focused on mastering and it's like a certain element of a much bigger picture. And I think, you know, the beauty of it is painting that picture over time. Right. And it's going in with that mindset of, I just want to bring the best I can out of this lift, out of this session, out of this yep. week, out of this module, out of this phase. Like that's kind of where my headspace is at with it. And like I said, I'm, I'm digging it. I'm loving it. There's no there's, yeah. no, there's, all the
0: newness to it, right? So it's like, it's right so technical, right? Right? <laughs> right? Like I think I, I've never power lifted or never, you know. Obviously, you done should it. do I it, Steph. Thinking. You, you should do it. You, like
1: you, think... <laughs> like actually, yeah. You know what? Just I've met are okay. similar in height
0: and similar. Like I, I would not ever think I'm going to be able to lift over 200 pounds on like literally pressing. I can maybe do it in squats or deadlifts, like you know, in like a little bit more of a higher lift. But you know, I think that this is a struggle when it comes down to from a physique standpoint, right? Like when you don't want to put your body under a different type of programming, uh, for the time 100%. being. And I think that could be uh, a good thing, a good listen for those that are listening. Um, whether if you're a power lifter or a competitor, right. Physique competitor, uh, you can do both, but you do have a different program protocol, uh, for 100%. each.
1: And-
0: yeah. So, 100%. each and- oh, yeah. require different foods. Um, so I think that that is what kind of puts me off. Just not that I don't want to dabble into it. Maybe after Done with like maybe stage, maybe
1: you you definitely should because you definitely have a natural capacity to be really good at it. Don't you agree, Stace? Like, I think she could, I think she could
2: own it 100% agree. Whenever you get your, whenever you get another crown or whatever your cap is that you're done with it, you let me know because you have like the willingness to learn, just like you, Alicia. Like, it's, it's the willingness to learn. And like, if you have passion with anything, um, you're going to excel at it and like with you there's so much to learn and when that excites you that's whenever you get better whenever you're constantly focused on because powerlifting and strength sports when you think about it everybody wants the prs and they want them tomorrow or they want them yesterday mm-hmm. right my first mm-hmm. squad in my first competition was 255 pounds my last squad at my last competition was 565 pounds no, in wow. between Lose so there was 10 pound prs there were, but it takes time. It takes time. We always want the results immediately. But once you fall in, fall in love with the process and like just getting better every single day or like mastering that skill, or not even mastering it yet, but just on the way and that you start to, you know, really enjoy the process. That's when it works the best for you. So at least I can't wait to see what you do. And stuff. if you ever want to walk into this world, please. I would be more than happy to be your hype man any day.
0: <laughs> oh, if you're there, you have. I mean, there's no way I would ever be able to do a competition without you. So, I mean, like I can I can almost relate to your clients, how they feel when they're training with you, honestly. Yeah. Anybody that ever wants like to cut, okay, so Texas, I'm sorry. Uh, she just moved to Texas. So I'm super excited. Like I'm even stuttering because I want to come down to Austin to come visit her just to do a session, okay? Like the energy and vibe guys, make sure you follow her because it's ridiculous. Like the energy she puts out there, sorry. Um, I'm very much more looking forward to training with you and maybe start dabbling into that. Like I said, after my competing stage, I think that would be fun for me. I do like strength performance um, goals. I think that's one of the best things to do in my building phase. Um, Of course, like I said, maybe nutritionally, I'm not adequately, maybe supporting the recovery side, or maybe, you know, trying for the strength portion, but I do like the challenge. So anybody out there that's trying to just do a gym, you know, just for competing or just for health, or if you're trying to do a strength-based, more powerlifting, um, as long as you're eating enough guys, this is one of the biggest portions. A lot of people miss, um, in just in general is their nutrition, making sure you eat properly, get good carbohydrates and good protein. Protein is a priority here, but make sure you get your fibers, good fats, And I think that it's mainly also just your discipline and your everyday commitment to just bettering yourself. I think that process. I think
1: one of the biggest things that, you know, add into that, Steph, because I think 100% it's all of those, you know, focus on the things that support and fuel what it is you're trying to achieve, but also maybe just be kind to yourself and focus on the fact that this is a process, this is a journey, it is a layered, you know, function. You don't. No success happens because you, you know, throw a couple of big things for a few days in, in your way, right? Like you literally have to break things down and have little small wins day by day consistently over time to create the really big outcomes and i think you know when people look at someone like stace they they go oh yeah wow like she's amazing we're blown away by but i can never do that and i was talking to stace about this offline and i'm like <laughs> I, I hear it i hear it about steph i hear it about me i hear it about you know rage i i hear it about people that are literally you know, pushing boundaries at the top of their sport, right? And it blows my mind because I think to myself, yeah, but man, Stace was once just a kid kicking it in the playground too, man. Like actually, so what makes Stace get to the point that she did other than some guy pissing her off with some bitch <laughs> fucking comment about being a girl was a lot more than that, right? She just literally started from the beginning, found things she was passionate about and then literally worked day in day out to slowly master this craft right but stace i'd love for you to talk about because i think we we really oftentimes will work on highlight reels we forget the challenges give everyone a blueprint of the shit the adversity the hard stuff that you endured and maybe even some of the losses along the way to greatness because people think it's just all rainbows and sunshines and it's it's really not like there's a lot of crap that comes before you take that podium and take those titles right so give us a little bit of a a reality check on the fact that you know look you're a human too and it's not like the road doesn't go like that it's more like (laughs) whoa like really
2: oh yeah absolutely i mean it starts out you know we all start somewhere and that's one thing that i love to i love the idea of transformation and how this all really came about was I decided one day that I was going to do this. I decided very intentionally that I wanted to be the strongest woman in the world. That was my, when I first did my first competition, I got the bug. And then I decided I was going to look up what all the all-time records were. Like, what is the best that's ever been done in my weight class? And I was like, okay, I can do that. Maybe not right now, but I was like, okay, well, here's where I am. And this is going to be my goal. And it might take years. It might take way longer than what I expect but I can do this because I recognize that with strength with weight training with anything like that it's just a matter of how much work you're willing to do to put into it right and so it you know all aspects nutrition recovery your sleep everything all had to add up and so the glorious you know the highlight reel that you see of you know all the big numbers and what that came from me staying in at night. I'd go to bed at the same time every night, you know, pretty much like I'd have set via yeah, set schedule, set routine. If you, you know, I had friends and stuff that I lost along the way because friends want to go do, you know, go out or drink or party, but my goals were a little bit different than that, right? So it took me, I think, five years competing to really achieve my own goal. And that's five years. And people say, oh, that's not a very long time. And it's not. But when you look at it as five years, 365, every single day, my day matched up with what my goal was. Every decision I made, you know, the food I was eating on when I was going to bed, if I was hanging out with people or whatever it was, I made sure that was going to take me closer to my ultimate goal. And so it was an extreme level of focus. So I lost a lot of friends along the way, right? I lost the, the support of my family because... When you have a goal that's really big and it can be overwhelming to some people, you know, they don't really understand the capacity or what it's going to take, right? Because, oh, you're just lifting weights, right? But it's way bigger than lifting weights. It's about setting out and like having a plan and a goal and sticking to it. And then you actually stick to it because i think nowadays a lot of people they'll set a goal and then when it gets hard right whenever oh i don't want to eat this food anymore i don't want to do this weight body hurts right because like you guys said i'm not the biggest i'm 100 i competed at 148 pounds so when i was doing lifting weights my body felt it right like i felt everything that i did and so recovery had to be on point but it's not a glamorous process, right? There's a lot of, there were a lot of failures too. People think that, oh, you just kept on squatting more and more and more, but you don't see the days that I had bad training days, right? The days that I failed over and over. And I mean, just like absolutely kicked myself in the foot. And I was like, I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do, why is this not working for me? And then, so you start to go down the road of self doubt. You start to question yourself, well, is this even, am I I crazy? And the answer (laughs) sometimes is yes but you just have to trust yourself and what you're actually, do you believe in what you're doing? I mean, it's, it's true. It's like, if you believe in what you're doing and you're willing to sacrifice whatever that means to reach your goal, then it's there for you. And I think people forget that because when things do get hard or challenging, we just want to abort mission. And we want to do something that's easier. Mm -hmm. We want that instant gratification where we can just say, okay, well, Uber Eats, just deliver this food to my house right now. I don't even want to leave the house for it. Right. So lifting 500 pounds, whenever you don't feel the best or you're not motivated, uh, that's a little (laughs) bit challenging, isn't it? So I think, you know, for me, just doing these things, I biggest, like the biggest thing that helped me through all of this was just my discipline. Right. And so I set the goal a long, long time ago, and then just, I continued to work towards it I can, I failed over and over. I mean, I wanted my last meets for me to set the highest wolves record. I wanted it to be probably two meets before when I actually hit it. Right. But I didn't get the lift that I needed to seal the biggest total. And so I had to go back to the drawing board and do it again. Right. And so every single time that you fail, this is an important kind of note here. Every time that you fail, it's not final. It's part of the process. Right. And if you're not there yet or not strong enough yet, you will be. And just like yeah. you Steph, you say, Oh, I could never lift over 200 pounds on a bench press. If you yeah, wanted you to, you could. You could. <laughs> it's and not then were you, right? That I Maybe You're me. just not there yet.
0: <laughs> no you're you're 100% right everything you said and you know what I came in with that I can't mentality so shame on me you know honestly I even said like I, I can't do this like there's no way I've seen her in person I've seen but you know how many people think that of like you and I Allie right Like when they yeah. say I have to go against them mm-hmm. like there's no way I'm going to go up against Alicia uh, I can't beat her so I think that that same notion I easily just put myself in and I I'm going to make sure now because I said that it's going to be a goal post-comp okay so post-comp yeah. it's
1: it's some of the but it's the coolest thing when you can go it's such a big stretch for me so like for me like i don't work in pounds i work in kilos but for me like i want to eventually one day be able to bench 100 kilos
0: so what's that that's what i was referring to in pounds ali so i was saying like i wouldn't be able to do 100 kilos is it uh, it's like it's
1: over 200 pounds it's 2.2 pounds i think so it's like 220 right is that right? Yeah. So uh, yeah.
0: yeah, you're right. You're right. hundred yeah. kilos would be yeah. about 220-ish. So I want to be able to do that, but that's like, that's, it's huge. Okay.
1: So oh, I, wait, did wait, 70, wait, wait. I did 70 last year for one rep and that was not even actually at max testing yet, but I wanted to hit 77, like pretty soon, like in my next, like my next block of training, I want to be able to get up to 77 But I don't think I'll make it for a little bit. Like, I think I'm I'm probably going to be, as long as my back holds up well, I'll probably be a couple, I might, I don't know, maybe, what do you reckon, Stacey? Will it take me two years to get to that? Or maybe not that long. It
2: depends, like everything depends, right? It might not, it might, you know, I remember uh, it took me a year to put a pound on my bench press, right? I went from a 319 pound bench press to a 320 pound (laughs) bench press. Yeah, I mean, I'm like, I never missed a training session. I never missed a training session. Ever. And so like, it took that
1: long for me to get a pound, but I think you yeah. have a
2: lot of potential in there. And yeah, so see, it may not you, take that long at all.
1: You would have been at like um, best technique execution though. Right. Whereas my, at the moment, my form and my technique is still a work in progress, like big time. Like I'm nowhere mm-hmm. near um, executing perfect lift yet, like nowhere near it. I mean, I, every time I feel like I'm getting better, which is great, but I mean, it's all in your structure and your setup, Steph. Like, if you got a really good lockout in a bench, you, you'd be amazed what you can actually press. Like, and it you feels should. way lighter than what you think it's going to. Question um, Is it the same thing as like resistance
0: keep. training where you shouldn't go up and wait until you have that technique down, right? Like, um, you should obviously have
1: your yeah, correct
0: technique, like, technique down before you start trying to PR all your. your yeah. Um, it, it's like for me, I know
1: that if I'm not locked in strong technique and, I, and it doesn't even feel like it's a like a strong setup i i just know immediately that i'm not going to execute anywhere near the numbers that i would have liked and there's a whole bunch of things that go into it like Stacey will talk about this too it's like it's not just walking in and ticking boxes on a pre-set program you walk in it's like okay well where does my readiness where's my readiness say like where's my body like feeling fucking clapped out or not like where's my emotional state if I just had a fight with my partner and I want to slap my mom or like what's going on for me right like it's all those things and then you've got to learn like this was my biggest thing too was going leave that shit at the door because quite seriously when you start messing with big lifts you can't let anything else come into your head like you just you'll break yourself if you do that shit so you've literally got to be able to just go and I've been usually really quite good at compartmentalizing but I had to compartmentalize work as in like phone off clients can't reach me at this time like i'm out for an hour and a half sorry team done oh, it's your time.
0: I, like
1: it's, it's just no no like just no contact right because i'm literally in and, and in between my sets my lift rest period is i can eat an entire lunch in between my lifts mate like this is the biggest <laughs> rest i've had in my entire life like at first stacy you would have laughed at me my first month in this right when i was trying trying it out at first I had to stop myself because I would get up to go to do my next lift within like 60 seconds. And my coach was looking at me going, you're such a fucking bodybuilder, bro. Sit down. He just put his head on my, um, put his hand on me head and be like, sit down. And then I'd sit and I'm like, so what are we going to talk about? <laughs> you start getting like really quiet. <laughs> and and wow. This is really unusual. then though it got to the point where i would then dissect my lift in my rest and i'd talk it out i'd be like right okay i could feel where this wasn't there i knew that my bar path wasn't right man like i wasn't bringing it back up and i'd be just dissecting what it felt like and that's a really great thing to do because it keeps you locked mentally into what you're doing and you're not getting distracted by anything else it's just it's locked and loaded for the moment right so i fell in love with that that is like it's so cool What I then found when it came time to start prepping for my show (laughs) was that I was like, what the fuck do you mean? i got to go again.
0: It's already been was like, What? Uh I'm not even able to breathe. (laughs) Do you guys actually have less breaks between your lips at the the competition? Is that something? And then then I got like this.
1: It went like this. It went, what do you mean? There's a number after five. I don't know how to count past five, man. Like I got to that. Point. It's so funny because everything's in such low ranges for a lot of what you're doing. For most of the time, like you do you do, you know, ranges of eight to ten, and you do have, you know, different stages. And
2: that's stages. cardio. That's cardio. <laughs>
1: I'm, not, I'm not even lying. That is fucking cardio. Like legit. Wow. I mean, if it's 500 pounds,
0: I mean, of course it's fucking cardio. Come on, like.
1: <laughs> so <laughs> it's it's very different but i love it like i love it like I that's, think-
2: that same kind of uh-huh. no you go ahead
1: i was gonna say i i think Stefford fall in love with the process too and and the feel that you get but fire out man like seriously i'm i've fallen in love with it like everything about it even the get lunch break now. rest periods
0: <laughs> I love weight, so I I think this is obviously exactly what I I was kind of referring to, you know, going through pain, right, since the beginning. I think everybody thinks it's easy to build muscle and you've got to go through the pain. You've got to fail, exactly like Stacey said. If you don't fail, you're never gonna learn and you're not gonna even continue moving forward. Failing is part of the success. You You don't just see the medals, you don't just see the crowns on our end. We've fallen, we've failed, we've cheated, we've had to get back on track. That's part of it, we've lost friends. We've lost sleep. We've probably lost a lot of other things along the way, emotional distress, but you know, we are are what we preach on a daily basis. Mm. We repeat our habits. We build a routine, you know, we live it, we breathe it. And I think that's really what you guys need to take away home is just build that routine. Find your passion, find something that puts a fire in your ass and makes you want to wake up every fucking day. Even if you don't want to wake up in the morning to actually do it, you have a routine. You've got a routine that's going to let you fail forward don't just yeah. fail stuck, fail forward and make sure that you find that passion that may drive you one day, the next day a routine drives you, but guess what? You continue doing it. I think that what she said, rings. Yeah, no, yeah. Do you want
1: to give Steph and I a quick rundown on what an average day looks like for you? When Steph's talking about these routines, like, I mean, her and I already are thinking about yeah, yeah w- what it looks like for us because we both have those right but for yeah. a lot of other listeners they might not have yet those really well established routines or they might not even understand what a champion at your level in your sport looks like what, what a routine or an effective routine would look like. I know you go to bed early and you don't drink alcohol. two big yeah. things straight up. But maybe give everyone a bit of a blueprint on what time are you waking? How do you start your day? What's your kind of, how do you have it stack your morning? And then how do you maybe look at your night? Because I know sleep's a big thing for you. So, and obviously why when you're pushing like 5 billion tons? (laughs) Wow. Well, that was that
2: was one of the things that was hardest for me when I first transitioned to powerlifting was taking more days off because I was always a seven day a week train person. I just love training, right? That's how I fell in love with the gym. On the in the first part was I love training. So yeah. we pull back to five days a week, and so on those two days, I'm like, I don't know what to do with my <laughs> hands, but I just. I've, my last competition, what I did to really, to really reach like that ultimate level, I ended up moving in with my coach. So I moved down to Florida and I moved in with my coach because where I was training, where I was training at, I was basically training by myself. And I don't know if you guys know this, but whenever you're training alone and like, you're just looking for feedback or something, most of the time when you're in the big fish in a small pond, everybody wants to praise you. And I knew that to really reach that next level I needed somebody to give me that harsh criticism that I, you know, I needed to hear. I needed somebody to tell me that looks like crap, do it again. And so the only way I was going to do that was really to be under the guidance of my coach. So I lived with him for the entire prep and um, what I did. So I moved into their spare bedroom. I ended up moved in with him, his wife and his kids. So that was an adjustment for me, but I woke up at eight o'clock every single morning. So not like a 4 a.m. kind of person because my sleep was a high priority, right? So I woke up at 8 a.m. every morning and I would go for a walk. This was the normal daily routine. I'd go for a walk and normally listen to a podcast. So I wouldn't be on my phone like getting, because normally, you know, sometimes we'll get out of bed and we'll start immediately on Instagram or emails. And then you just have so much going on. Nope, that was not it. I had planned throughout my day the time for me to work. But in the morning time, I woke up and I just started with my daily affirmations. I either wake up in the morning, I do go for a walk, and I say, I am strong. This is what I'm going to do today. I am statements, right? So I think, Alicia, you said something earlier and you were like, I want this. I want this. I want you to reframe that next time. This is totally me just interjecting, but I want you to reframe that and say, I am going to have that bench press that 100 kilo bench press I am. yeah so like, Babe, i'm there's something that happens it's
1: happening it's happening <laughs> yeah. i am i am gonna do 100 kilo bench press you know we used to joke when my oh, back no, okay. busted. <laughs> when my back was busted and we were like i didn't even think i could ever even eventually get to a powerlifting competition but i was like one day i'm going to it's gonna happen we used to joke me and one of my mates who's he's got titles here in Australia. We used to joke that I'd just be a bencher because at least I could do that. Right. And then it became the yeah. joke of, yeah, but I don't know if I'd like to play with just one part of the sand pit. Right. I'm like, not that kid. I want to run around the whole freaking thing. So <laughs> yes, I'm going to do that, but then I'm absolutely going to improve my freaking squat because that's the one that has a little bit of a mental anchor for me. Cause it was my, you know, it was my injury. My injury cause. So,
2: well, that's where we're going to start with those affirmations. Those affirmations. I am going to fix my squat. I am going to have this because that was one thing that was really important in my daily routine, right? Awesome. Was saying my affirmations and what I was going to do. Because if we don't set our intentions, even for every single day, the day can just get away from you. Somehow <laughs> you just, it's 8 p.m. and you're like, how did I get here? I didn't do anything, <laughs> right? So, say <laughs> yeah. what you're going to do. So in the morning, podcast, go for a walk, and then I would do my morning mobility. So that was my first session was yes. like a 15, 20 minute. Just I would go in Trevor's garage. That's where we. My Trevor was my coach. Go in the garage, do a warm up kind of mobility, and just move right. So get my body primed for what I was gonna do to it later what, in the um, day. What and does then mobility I'd look like? I eat my for breakfast you. after that. After my mo- morning movement.
1: Stace, what does mo- mobility so look just like? Honestly, you? Just give people are an probably- idea.
2: Okay, so probably about 15 to 20 minutes of single leg RDLs, Cossack squats, um, just some cat camels, so like thoracic rotations, just Mm -hmm. movement, right? So I'd go on a foam roller or like maybe roll a lacrosse ball in my feet, any kind of trigger points, but just mainly moving through active ranges of motion just to really, yeah. if there's any restriction, feel it, kind of loosen it up. Because when, you're, when you start becoming more body aware, that's whenever you're like, okay, this is tight. Like you can actually recognize it, address it, and then slowly but surely you're unwinding that. So that would be usually a mobility session. It's just 15 to 20 minutes of movement. And then yeah. after that, I'd come back in and I'd have my breakfast in the morning. So my first meal of the morning would either be oatmeal or a bagel, something that would be carb heavy because what I was gonna do was at 11 o'clock, we would always go train. So that would be, we'd meet back in the garage and that would be where my session was. Same time every day. Doesn't matter if it was, you know, oh, a bad day, it was raining outside, it was sunny. 11 o'clock, I'm gonna be in that spot training, right? And not warming up then, I'm training then. So just setting that intention and having that. After training, I'd drink a shake and I'd have my post-training meal, which looked like pretty typical is usually a rice meal with chicken or a rice meal with, you know, some type of lean meat for the most part. Uh, either, or either some sweet potatoes, something of the sort. It's, it's super super basic, super boring, nothing, nothing glamorous, right? And um, then after that, I would usually have my time where I set aside, like blocked off my time to work. So I'd be working from home and everything, um, but I'd set aside my time. This is the time where I can actually exhaust my mental power. And so I'd get all that done in my allotted period of time. Then pretty much I'd have my next meal. All my meals were scheduled, so I usually would be four to five times a day with probably two snacks in between, averaging about at that when I was training probably about twenty four to twenty six hundred calories. Um, okay. And it worked very well for me. I found I was very recovered. I would normally wind down about like seven thirty ish, which is so late, right? Um, <laughs> the only events I really went to, I'd go to the grocery store and pick up my meals, or I would go to the gym and train if we went out for a big training session but other than that i stayed at home i, I never even had a key to my coach's house because i didn't need it i never yeah. <laughs> really did anything <laughs> outside of eating sleeping and training for that pre- those prep months right i didn't see other people um so 7 30 of- i would
1: how long was a that- prep month for that for how long is a prep cycle for you when you're coming into something so big as what that meat was yeah.
0: how long was that
2: so um I, I, I honestly say that I'm never in an off season because yeah. like I'm always preparing, but typically it's mm-hmm. like 10 to 12. weeks. So I was with Trevor for about 10 weeks at his house. So yeah. then that time, this was my routine, my, my schedule. And so 7.30, we'd wind down and I would do my second mobility session of the day. So just kind of like a cool down after I've already done my work. So I do two sessions of those a day and it's just short short, but I would make sure I'd, I'd make sure I get it done before I'd go to bed. That was something I had to check off the list. So I'd move, I'd kind of wind down, maybe have, and I'd usually have a shake before I went to bed, like a slow digesting protein. And then I would get in bed and I would go to sleep. And there'd be some days like on harder training days that people don't understand this, but man, I would plan a nap, right? Like after training, I would eat and plan a nap. But that was that was really what my life looked like for those 12 weeks was eating, sleeping, training and adhering to those routines every single day because I started off my day the same way. I ended my day the same way. And there was very little variance in that. And pretty much like you, what you talked about earlier too, is like limiting your distractions. I did that in my normal life. But then also when I was training, my phone was hooked up to the music, but then it was faced down somewhere else because... I'm focused on my training and that's my number one top priority. So just being so undistracted, I'd say that was one of the highlights and keys to my success was making sure I was in the position
1: I needed to be to succeed. And this is why I wanted to have you run through that because I think that people think, that it comes success like yours comes easy, or it's just gifted to you genetically, right? And I think there's a really powerful take home for people, even in our sport, that really want a title, but they don't understand that you've just talked about something that reflects very similar to what Stephanie and, and Stephanie and I do. And it, sometimes it's from 16 weeks out, right? And it's literally like that. You can't be. Toying with the concept of socializing with friends in certain environments because it's just, well, look, you could if you want to, but it's just how much do you want it or not, right? So I'm totally in agreement that the continuity and consistency of your rituals is absolutely the most imperative thing. But it's also just completely dedicating with laser focus, nothing but what your end objective is time to that. You know, it's just all it your is. time to that. So I love that that's what it looks like for you. I love that people are hearing just how, you know, oh my God, entrenched in it you were. Because I think don't think anyone would have expected you to say, I literally locked myself inside my coach's house for 10 weeks, people. But that's essentially it. And I love that you did that. I oh, also really love,
0: and she I hope crazy. everyone
1: that's listening, <laughs> I know, right? It's, it's awesome. I hope everyone that's listening to this understands that, mobility and and i know you know i've talked about it on my respective pages and platforms so many times is so imperative and if you're going to, going to go do crazy physical feats like Stace, then it's even more so right so the people that say to me oh man just triggering for five minutes before a session is too much or i don't even really want to prime what are you even doing because if this is a woman doing 20 minutes of this stuff
0: right religiously two times a day, two times two
1: times times a day. yeah
0: does that say something to you. It, it, exactly. And that's actually one of the things I was going to ask. Chase. Like, so clearly it's one of the biggest priorities, right? Like mobility, yeah. your range of motion yeah. making sure your joints are feeling good, you know, mobile and, um, your muscles are obviously lengthened and stretched out not, not feeling a lot, knotted up, uh, on a, you know, on a scale of one to 10, where would you put actually training, right? Lifting, uh, versus that mobility. Cause I think a lot of people put that on the back burner and like you said, just don't want to do it. Yeah
2: i say honestly it's just as important i hate to say that it's like the same level of importance but it is because if you're the biggest thing is probably i would go backtrack and say if i could look back and do anything different i would pay more attention to my movement my movement patterns and making sure i was doing what i needed to do as far as you know prehab and rehab because whenever you start to be in pain power lifters think that you have to be in pain right oh to lift these kind of weights you ha- your body has to hurt and that was kind of like the badge of honor I took is like oh yeah I can train and I don't feel good but think about what that does to you mentally if you're training and you're in pain you're not gonna have as good of output. So if you're able to manage that pain and kind of you know, mitigate some of that stress, you're going to perform better. So although you think, oh, well, this is just a waste of time, I don't really want to do this, it's going to improve your in-game result, especially if you do it continuously. And I've had clients say, oh, I've been doing my mobility work for two weeks and I haven't seen any difference. Well, let me just be honest here. It did happen in two weeks, right? Like you did not create this dysfunction in your body in two weeks. So how do you expect to have undone it in two weeks and halfway doing it, right? It's going to take it's gonna take time and effort and energy, but all the little things like this, they all add up. And so if I was going to give it a ranking, I would say it's a 10. I'd say your nutrition's a 10 and I'd say Thank your training's a 10, good. but your training is the fun part, right? Yeah. That yeah. struggle, that struggle is what produces strength. Yeah. That struggle is the fun part. So honestly, it doesn't even seem like a 10 because it's fun. Yeah. And if your training's not fun, even if you're lifting big weights and whatever else, if your training's not fun. You might need to change what you're doing if you're not enjoying it because your training is always yeah. something that should be enjoyable to you. Even if it's painful, it's part of the process and that's yeah. something you have to embrace if you're you know anticipating the resistance or if you're complaining about oh this feels so heavy reframe that idea and just say instead of it being heavy you're strong you're strong enough to do that and you're strong enough to withhold and like to actually go through the struggle and so when you think about that it's empowering instead of what you were looking at it previously it's like oh this is such a chore it's so hard no this is what you get to do this is the Part, and so that's what I really love. I mean, just like take that one to the house.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, Amen. Everything you said, you guys need to make sure you take notes, and you know, obviously, like really, really take to heart everything she just said because that was on point. Like seriously, mobility guys, do not neglect it. Uh, I did, and I suffered for it. I just what she said was exactly what I went through. You think that you're supposed to be in pain? You think that it's just part of it? Same with me when I was going through. You know, obviously, like we do bodybuilding; it is a physical. You know, uh, just isolated. Movements, a lot of squatting, a lot of deadlifting, and a lot of pressing as well, but not to the extent of strength. Um, but you just think like, oh, I'm I'm supposed to be in pain. Well, there's a difference between pain, muscularity pain, versus joint pain. And I think that joint pain is where you really need to start paying attention to and adhere to your body and listen to your body. Like she said, if you wake up super tight address that do that some mobility work add in 15 20 minutes daily she does twice but she's obviously more of a demand for her but make sure you do it on a daily basis people like alicia she's injured she has to do it yes. so if yeah, she doesn't it. do it she gets turned up like a pretzel so yeah it's pretty
1: accurate that's exactly what it's like and i find i'm i'm a little bit like you say so i do mine first thing in the morning like i've got like a, a legit sort of structure and a routine in it and it evolves and progresses but at the moment, actually, I'm doing the knees over toes guys program. Have you have you seen his work? Ben I love him. Yeah, yeah, he's awesome, right? Yeah. So I'm working with him at the moment, and I'm doing this progressive 12 week structure. And it's actually for me, the focus is actually on the back. So it's what I have an issue with with mine is sometimes my hip on my left side won't move properly because of the disc structure. Because I've got a multi tier bilateral bulging disc structure from L5 to C um, my S I J one. So it's all the way out both sides. And so sometimes when one sits out low and it presses on my nerves, it stops my whole hip from opening. My my hamstring gets locked tight and I don't get any full length of range at all in my back on my left side. Like it's real problematic. So I'm doing a lot of work with him at the moment to open that up, keep that free you know increase my range of motion all down that left side but also in my back in general and what my my standard I'm trying to get to I'm trying to progress to is a Jefferson curl with 25% of my body weight where I'm on a step and my weight my wrist will come down below my toes so not just to the floor but okay. where the weight sits yeah. below my toes that's what I'm trying to get to and to paint it to paint a picture for everyone when I first started 3 weeks ago to bend with my cause you have to keep your quads locked on and your your hamstrings completely straight um so completely straight legged I could only get my fingers just below my knees so I'm you're trying to get like... my so to put it in perspective I'm trying to get this my toes here my that below my toes below my toes and I can only get wait, wait my hands wait. You're my
2: trying neck. or you're gonna do it you're trying or no, you're gonna do it no I'm going to do it you are trying or
1: you going to do it I'm going to do it even if it breaks me <laughs> so that's my goal that's that's my goal in the next 12 weeks but i've already seen a massive improvement so when i started it was to my knees now i'm halfway down my shins in three weeks so of course I'm going to freaking nail it woman
0: but that's three weeks three weeks so everybody whenever you don't see that improvement just like Stacey said her clients kind of complaining after two weeks and not seeing anything happen it's not gonna happen in two weeks or maybe you might see some slight improvements in flexibility the range of the muscle like some flexibility like Alicia saw in three weeks um but yeah just continue doing it I think that even for me like I I I thought a cool goal this was I don't know how how many of you girls think this is cool but doing like the splits (laughs) was a pretty cool goal for me and uh, so back in the day I was like trying to you know just lengthen my legs and trying to get my hips to be open enough um never could do the Chinese but I can at least get the range for the American split um but that that's still it what didn't happen just for a year even of practicing it took me I want to say three years to be able to get that length and flexibility in my hamstrings and of course my adductors so yeah guys continue stretching continue doing as much mobility and just know it's just as important as your strength um training I mean it's really one of the Big key components yeah. people like put aside. But Ali Rig I mean, repair. A lot. Yeah.
1: Rig repair <laughs> is what I call it. Rig repair.
0: Hey, you stay. So on that
1: note, have you had any major injuries in this sport to date?
2: Yes, I actually broke I fractured my back, my L5S1. <laughs> and so I had Can't a relate. ton of issues come. I had a ton of issues coming back from that. I had one, um, like they did like a treatment on me and the treatment. Didn't help anything at all. What I, this is when I really started looking into like different forms of how can I get better? Because what I talked to the doctors about, they said, just stop lifting. Right? They said, you're never going to be able to squat again. Never going to be able to deadlift again. That's just like a pipe dream. So you might as well just wow. hang that up. And so I didn't take no for an answer. And I was like, you know, even me, I've always been a little bit on the stubborn side, but um, I thought that was their limitation and not mine. So what I decided I was going to do was I was going to throw myself into getting better. And like it, like my goal was, was, you know, to squat 500 pounds or to squat all this, I changed that goal and took it back to where I was right then. Because sometimes I think people, they look at the big goals. And then when something happens, the kind of an obstacle comes in, you get so overwhelmed. You're like, okay, well, screw it. It's not worth it. Well, maybe you just need to change the focus. So my focus wasn't on squatting anymore; it was on getting so I could walk again, getting so I could like sit without pain, so I could move without pain. And so that's when I started really looking into what is this mobility stuff? What is how can I move better? How can I get myself out pain? And so that was really starting into it and led to like recovery methods and like I started taking ice baths and stuff like that. It was it was a process, but. I kept myself motivated because I knew that this was something I wanted. And what I like to look at, I look at things as a problem solution. So what you said earlier, Steph, you were like, you know, recognize if you feel tightness or if you feel something, you can address it. And so with anything, if there's a problem, something you to create a solution. So my back injury was probably my worst injury. Um, I had a lot of bicep tendonitis and shoulder issues from benching. But I really worked on my t spine mobility and getting my thoracic extension a little bit better. And so that was helpful for getting my shoulder in a better position. But my back was the thing that I had to overcome. And that just took time, effort, consistency, these Mm -hmm. same principles that we're talking about. But I just had to do that mobility work every single day. And I realized it was super important. So even then, I think I was doing it probably three times a day then because I wasn't fully able to train, train. So I just put myself into what I could do and focus on the little goal of trying to get myself out of pain. And so that was super helpful for me and really helped reinforce just the fact that you can overcome pretty much anything, right? Like, and it doesn't matter what other people's limitations or what other people say. If you want to do something, all you have to do is find a way. It's a problem and you can create the solution. Sometimes you just have to be creative with it
0: find a way um, I love it I love it I love it just the way she said it guys I mean there is always when there is a will there really is a way there really is so th- that wasn't her limitation well, you was guys even
2: a- said something you guys said something yeah I think he said you know I wasn't I was, I was small right I'm relatively small and the, like you think I couldn't do the things that she did well my body wasn't made to do these things right like my body was not made to do the absolutely like, sometimes I looked at it and I was like one of my biggest motivating factors was my late grandpa. He told me that I was the strongest woman in the world. And that was just like a, oh. him and I kind of thing, but he never had any idea that I was with like, it, right? that no I was going to lift 565 pounds. He had no idea, but just that little seed to me, it made me realize that it was possible. Right. And so yeah. I think some people it's important to realize that these things are possible you just have yeah. to really believe in yourself and like just actually own that because I, I, my coach will tell you, he's been on several podcasts himself and I'm not the most talented. I'm really not. I would get up in a lineup of all the top powerlifting girls and you'd look at me and say, Oh, does she even work out? I mean, like, <laughs> honestly, <laughs> it's, God, yeah, God, she she even
1: but We've like, seen my, you. There's, there's no, no question. There's no question. There's you no win. question. We've seen you. You got like, <laughs> I do Zumba sometimes
2: on the weekends. All right? I do Zumba. But... I would oh, ask sorry. you <laughs> to flex.
1: I'd ask you to flex, Stace, but there's not enough room in the screenshot. There you go. <laughs> you'd, I'm, you'd push I'm me and Steph out of the frame.
2: <laughs> but so, my my the reason why I succeeded wasn't natural gifted talent, right? Like yeah. I just worked very hard, and that's the thing. Trevor said that that's the reason why I was so successful is because I believed in myself enough, and my in game yeah. goal, and I was willing to work for it. There are girls out there that are so much more talented than me, so much more skilled than me. I mean, absolute, you know, technique assassins, right? And yeah. I just had a ton of willpower and just yeah. dedication and belief. And so that's one of those things to say, oh, well, I'm just not talented or I'm not naturally gifted. Oh, yeah. it probably just came easy for her. This was one of the hardest, this was probably the hardest thing that I've ever done. Just the collective having to, you know, just go through all this and it's possible for anybody out there, no matter what the task or the feed is, whatever your goal is, if you want it, like what we said, if you want it bad enough, you'll find a way to improvise one. And so it's out
0: there for everybody. Heck, yeah, you know, I one of, of the movie. biggest takeaway take homes that you just said was believing in yourself. And even if you don't believe in yourself to the extent of thinking you're going to be the champion in your next show or the next meet uh, or within the next year, just believing in yourself that that's what you want. And that's really, truly what you're going to set yourself out to do then do it. Don't, don't literally doubt that you cannot do it. You have, and this was something that I I will say I'm guilty of doing is saying, I wasn't going to be a world champion. And I always had Carrie in my ear saying you're going to be a world champion. And I didn't believe it. I didn't believe it. And it wasn't until I truly believed it myself, when I truly started taking that in, I'm like, man, I actually think I, I can do this. But again, it didn't happen in a year, it didn't happen in two. So you just, you just have to yeah. continue believing in yourself, set yeah. up your routine, know that you have good habits, something that fires passion in you. And you go out and literally fight for that every single day and believe that it's for you. I really think that, thanks Stacey for saying that. Cause that's actually hundred percent what I believe any champion's mindset yeah, has. You believe yeah, in yourself. It's
2: about that confidence. like That's where it comes from. And People say, oh, well, Stacey, I don't have nearly the confidence you do. Well, check this out. Confidence is a skill just like Mm -hmm. anything else, and you can train it, right? So how do you reinforce confidence? By discipline, through your habits. Every single day, this is what I do. Every single day, I make my bed every single morning. Why? Because that's what I do. The only days you don't feel good and you still go into the gym and you do this is because that's what I do. Because that's what champions do. They believe in themselves. And so, how do you create confidence through consistency, through in your habits? When you you know start to self-doubt, whenever you start to question yourself, like, can I really do this? Am I actually like making the right choices? And then you look at you know what you're doing and you're like, yeah, it looks like I am. It looks like I am. So I'm working towards that. Whether I'm is you know as close as I want to be yet. I'm steadily getting 1% better every single day. And slowly but surely, you're gonna get there. That's the thing with me is I always knew I was going to do these things. I didn't know when, but it's like, if you believe in yourself enough that this is for you and this is worth, like you said, fighting for, if you believe in it, then just keep going after it
0: until you get what you want. And if you don't get what you want, just keep going. going get knocked down come back up fight again keep fighting i love it i think that's. i'm thinking about that i'm thinking about that workout video that mitt shot with you that's what i'm thinking about (laughs) hey hey, again that's how we met the sparks flew i just fell in love with this woman and and she's been an inspiration to me since i met her so thank you stace for always providing motivation and also just really really deep humble like really insight to how it really is to be a champion and to grind on it every single daily basis. And you're so relatable, really are. I know you're just background. If you guys listen to her story, you just tune into her, like her podcast. And she kind of goes through her, you know, uh, upbringing and, and everything. But I mean, it's, it's very inspiring. I think your story alone stays. I mean, I, there's tears that come into my eyes anytime I like read it or hear it. Uh, so that's definitely worth a listen for you guys. Uh, Stacy. give them your handle. So everybody obviously kind of follows your IG as well
2: i am at bema Burr. that's bema Burr, and so that's me and then my podcast is the champion mindset and you guys can check that out follow me listen on spotify itunes or wherever you get your podcast but i appreciate you guys and thank you so much for having me on i really enjoyed this conversation because just to, be, to being able to talk to two champions along with me it's it's a great vibe because energy attracts energy, right? So you can always, you know, I've only met you, I've only met you like over in the Bahamas, and then we've hung out a couple times, right? But it's like one of those things where you can just recognize that good energy. And so I'm just so appreciative, and thank you guys for having me on. And I cannot wait to see you, Brit, you bench 100 kilos, Yes. I, can't wait to get, I can't wait to get you in powerlifting anyway. Whatever goals you set, we're going to smash them. So. Gotta do so, a
1: session with Stace, her. we're so appreciative of having you on. It's been a great episode. And to end this one, we're going to round out with something a little bit different because we usually start with this and I missed it today. So we're going to end with it. Steph and I start with what was our highlight of the week? It could be something crazy. It could be something challenging. It could be whatever, but your highlight of the week or something big that's happened. What are you grateful for this last week and what are you working on improving or what's your focus for the following week?
2: I'd say my highlight of this week I just moved to Texas. And so one of the things that I did, I set out this week, I said, I wanted to find a new bike trail to go on. So I found a new trail to go biking on, which was a great experience. I love biking. That's one of my favorite things to do since I'm not competing anymore, get my cardio in outside of my eight reps. But, um, (laughs) and I also started working at a gym. It's called liberation barbell club in Austin, Texas. And I just started doing one-on-ones again, because I loved it. Right. And so I've been out removed from like the one-on-one personal training scene for a while, but I'm so very grateful for the people that I get the chance to work with the people that I get to, you know, give my energy to every day. And I forgot kind of, you know, with the, you know, COVID and everything else, I forgot just how rewarding it was to watch somebody get up under a bar and do a weight that they've never done before. And just that absolute elation from that. I I get so much absolute joy from that so I'm incredibly grateful for just being able to personal train being in a new environment and just feeling so welcome and right at home so those are that's that's my highlight and then that's the thing I'm grateful for and what I'm working on now I'm just working on being better every single day and just whatever capacity that is right I'm not really interested in lifting more weight I'm really interested in being able to make an impact and to share my story with people. And so I can let others know that they can do this exact same thing, but even better than me, right? So doing this podcast, honestly, this has been fantastic because that's really helped me, you know, increase that impact. Because if you listen to this, I just want you to know that I want you to do even more than me and be even better because maybe you started sooner or maybe you started right now, but wherever you are is a great place to start. So thank you guys for having me on.
1: Uh, Absolutely. Pleasure. Thanks for coming. Thank you so much, Stace. thank you team great podcast
0: hey Thanks I think having... that thank you hey stace awesome having you babe thank you so much and ali it's so good to see you oh no, yeah <laughs> if, you
1: guys,
0: if you guys ever need any
2: kind of filler content just let me know i can talk for hours
0: <laughs> well, i'm, I'm sure we'll probably get a request time. to have you back yeah well i'm sure we will get people like the audience be like hey i want her back on here so and yeah. it will, you know what though next time maybe we'll be in the same office because i may come down or you yeah, yeah no, <laughs> That'd we be cool.
2: just yeah, let me know and i can bring i can bring my stuff up to you or whatever and we can do a session in you know in person or whatever else you just let me know you hit me up okay yeah, we're we're gonna
0: have a session that's for sure <laughs> that's for sure we're gonna trade we're gonna do that we're gonna make it happen yeah, well, all right guys y'all have a good well you have a good night stace you have a good day thank least. you you too right. good to see you stace right. <laughs> see bye, you guys later. bye. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Queen Divas, Queens of Fitness podcast. Make sure you follow us on Instagram at Queen Divas Pod, on Twitter at Queen Divas 4, and follow our hosts on Instagram, Alicia at Alicia Gowans underscore WBFF Pro, and Steph at Stephanie ayala 7. See you all next week.